When I was in fifth grade, uh, we lived on a street where we rode our bikes to school. And so behind the street that our houses sat on was a playground that was attached to the church and the private school um, that many of my friends went to. And so I distinctively remember this one time I was riding down the street and I could see the park, the playground, in between the houses and I faintly heard a voice yell my name. And so as I tried to kind of decipher that and figure out if I really heard what I thought I heard, as I kept riding down the street, that it got stronger and I heard it a second time. And I got closer to my house and I heard it a third time. And so instead of going to my house, I went around my house, which I had to take a left turn onto the next street and then a left turn behind my house. And I rode my bike up to the playground and I got there and there's a fence that we used to climb to get over it. And when I looked all the way across the playground, there was no one there. And so I was so sure I heard this that I rode my bike up to my house. I went inside and my mom was in the kitchen. I said, mom, what did you want? And she said, what did you mean? I said, well, you were calling me. Someone was calling me at the playground and they were saying, come here. And she said, Tim, I never left the kitchen. I've been here the whole time making dinner for you. And I remember that moment because for years after, we would talk about the fact that I was absolutely sure someone from the playground called my name. And my mom would always say, but it wasn't me and your dad wasn't here. Just past Christmas, we were sitting in our house celebrating Christmas and visiting family, and she brought that back up again. She said, remember how adamant you were that someone called out to you and we still have no clue who it was. And I think about that story when I think about God. There are a lot of us that think we've heard God speak, or we might be sure of it. And then all of a sudden, we get to this moment where we go, well, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't God at all. Maybe I was hearing things. But I was so sure that I heard something. What we have is a big dilemma, don't we, in the church? We have a lot of people who speak to God. As a matter of fact, there are a bunch of people who don't go to church that say they speak to God. That I offer up a prayer. I say something to God. What we have are very few people that can actually claim that they've heard from God. And what happens is those who speak to God often but don't hear from God or know they've heard from God, listen to the people who say, I have heard from God, and the first thing we think is, they're crazy. They got to be crazy because I've never heard God talk like that. And when I read stuff in the Bible, I've never heard God talk like that. And if he doesn't speak to me like that, then he can't be speaking. Or something worse happens. We hear someone say, God told me something. And what we begin to do with that is we begin to funnel that down into all of our fears and all of our inhibitions. And we start to go, well, maybe, just maybe, they're better than I am. And God cares more about them than he does me. And we start to feel less significant and unacceptable and something that God's not worth speaking to. And that couldn't be more wrong as we open this series. As we open God's word and we begin to understand what it means to hear the voice of God, how to hear the voice of God, how to know when God's talking to you, that couldn't be more untrue. But some of us have to retool how we think. We have to rethink things as a Christian consistently. That's why our purpose is rethinking life the way God intended. When we talk about having a personal relationship with God... Many of us have summarized that into a quick understanding that looks like this, that each person has their own unique account in heaven. And this unique account in heaven allows them to withdraw on the axis of Jesus, 
to pay for all their sin bills. Now, is that true? Yes. But is there more to it than this, just this? Yes. Because when we leave it just like this, that I was a sinner in need of a Savior, which is 100% true and 100% part of God's story, a personal relationship means I do what I want to do. When I do something wrong, I cash in on the actions of Jesus. He'll take care of that sin for me so that one day when I get to heaven, I can live forever with God who I didn't have a personal relationship here on earth with. And yet what God always wanted was to have a very interactive, growing, bonding, strengthening relationship with the people who claim to follow Jesus. And he does that by speaking to them. Now, there are a lot of people in this room, you wouldn't quite say it this way, but you're thinking, is this, you know, I think God speaks to people, but I'm really okay if he doesn't speak to me. Like, I'm good to claim to follow God, and I'm also good to know that God may not be speaking to me, and here's why. Because if God was to speak to me, he might talk about something that I'm doing, and that might have to change. And so therefore, I'm going to be good with claiming that I have a relationship with God, but I'm going to let God stay where he is, and I'm going to do what I want to do, and that way nothing has to change in the middle. And so I want to pose a question to you, though. If you believe there's a God, and if you claim to follow this God, isn't it more dangerous to exist and live without hearing from God? Is it more dangerous for you to continue to navigate life and live and exist without hearing from God if you believe there's a God and you claim to follow this God and you study about this God. Almost lost my water. But here's a problem. When we think this way, or we live this way, or we comprehend the understandings of the Bible in which we read and interpret it this way, it puts us into this boat. What I do is up to me, and I'll just live with the consequences. And so when we begin to, to look at our life and if it's meaningful or purposeful or if it has any significance at all or if we're doing the right thing or the correct thing, we have all these questions we start to ask ourselves. We begin to ask ourselves, like, did I do the good and wise thing in this circumstance? Is this what God really wanted for me? Is this really what I wanted for myself? We ask questions like, can I live with the consequences? Well, others think I'm foolish. Is God still with me? And when we don't bring God into the equation and listen to God and the decisions and the choices that we make, we miss out. We miss out on what God really wants, what God truly has, and what God has in store for us, awaiting us, anticipating for us to experience. And so in his book, God Hears, by Dallas Willard, he says, those who operate on the wrong information aren't likely to know the reality of God's presence in the decisions that shape their lives. When you operate doing things your way in, the, in your understanding without God in them, you don't understand the reality of God's presence in the decisions of your lives. And because of it, they miss the constant divine companionship for which our souls were made. Think about that. Somewhere inside of everybody, let me tell you the reason it's the number one question, how do you know God's speaking to you? By adults, 
by married couples, by single people, by students, by college students, no matter what age, how do you know God's speaking to you? It's because somewhere deep inside our soul, we long to know if that happens, if it's true, and how I can find that. And if it is, then I have to think about what am I doing with my life and how am I living? Now, early on as a student pastor who grew up in the church, and I can tell you moments where I heard from God, I had a wrong thinking and understanding about this for other people. When I would hear people say, I don't hear from God, immediately I would write it off as either you are weak in your faith or you're rebellious against God. And God had to really work in my life and heart over that because it was full of judgment and condemnation and it was just terrible especially working with students, like, well, then you must not want to hear from God because you're, you're, you're definitely doing something wrong. And then I discovered and I was reminded and God would tell me, listen, there are many faithful, devout followers of Jesus who have a really hard time making sense of when God is speaking to them. And it began to just, 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 just break my heart as people were navigating through life, realizing God is wanting to speak to each of us. And some of us just don't know how to hear the voice of God. We've never really thought or been taught or seen it in God's word. And so when we open up God's word, we read all types of stories. Like in Genesis, it says that God came to the garden to walk with Adam and Eve. And we're like, hey, I wish that could happen right now. Like where I'm at, I would love for God just to show up and walk with me right through this right now. We read stories of Enoch in, in, in Genesis who walks and sees the face of God. We read stories of Moses. And over the next few weeks, we're going to look at some of these stories. You know why? Because what I've learned is God speaks to different people differently. Amen. He doesn't speak to everybody the same because he doesn't have the same message for everybody. And so sometimes we have to see it in the lives of other people to realize God is speaking to you. He's just speaking to you differently than he's speaking to me. But what we always realize is that what God always intended was to dwell in his people through a personal relationship, through personal presence and fellowship. That's what a personal relationship meant. God wanted to dwell in you and fellowship with you and be present with you all the time. He didn't want it to be isolated where you do these things your way and then there's these things you do God's way. He wanted to interject himself into every single circumstance that you're going to face and come up against. And so this morning, I want to invite you to turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, we're going to look at a man named Abraham. If you know nothing about him, let me just tell you this in a quick summary. He's the forefather of our faith. He's the one in the New Testament. Paul says that if you are in Christ... You are a seed, a spiritual seed, descendant of Abraham. And so we don't have time to, 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 to go through the whole life of Abraham in this moment. We're just going to pause in a few short verses here today. But what I want you to know is you need to go back and you need to look at the life of Abraham. Because this morning, some of you are going to discover that God does speak. But when he speaks, there are things you need to understand. When God does speak, there are things you need to comprehend and know about what he does when he speaks. But in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, he's later named Abraham, just not at this point by God, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And so God comes to Abraham and he speaks to him. 
And it's recorded for us to see and learn from to understand that God does speak. And so we read, and he says, go. Now this idea of go in our thinking and our understanding is like, you know, move forward. Like, go ahead. You know, get there. And that's how we live our lives, right? And the Hebrew thinking and their understanding, the word go meant take up with haste. Because for some of us, this is how life is, right? When someone says, go take out the trash, how do we usually respond? In a minute. I'll get to that. Later on. There's no haste. There's, no, there's none of that. And so what we begin to understand is that when God speaks, his message becomes urgent. And for many of us, we don't live with any urgency in our life. I'll get to it when I want, when it works for me, and when I'm ready. And yet when God speaks, he says, listen to Abraham, I want you with urgency, with haste, to go. I don't want you to say in a minute. Let me think about that. Let, 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 me, let me get to that a little later. As you heard some of our story back on our 10-year anniversary from my wife and I, one of the things we go into more detail about in our membership class is that night that my wife and I sat at the table and we knew God was speaking to us and telling us it was time to go start a church. That was somewhere around 9, 9.30 at night. The kids were in bed. By 8.30 the next morning, I had a meeting with Pastor Brian, and we were sitting in front of him telling him, God is telling us to go start a church. There was urgency in what God was doing, and we weren't going to wait around and just buy time. And yet for many of us, we have no urgency in what we do, therefore we apply it to our spiritual life, and when God does speak, we're not ready to receive it with any urgency. I've grown up in church. I'm a PK's kid. I'm actually a third-generation pastor. And so I, I love the stories of people who their testimony says, you know, I, I was far from God. I went to church one time in the morning, in the evening, whatever it was. You know, my grandfather used to do revival services. If you know anything about that, I went to revival. And I was sitting on the back row, and God began to speak to me. And all during the message, I knew the pastor was speaking directly to me. And at the end of the message, he gave an altar call. And I knew in that moment that I needed to respond. And so I got up at the back of the church, and I walked down the middle of that aisle, and I prayed, and God changed my life forever. They're amazing for me to listen to. Guess what? I don't hear that anymore. I don't hear that anymore. You know what? God speaks to people and he tells them, hey, I want to do this in your life or I want you to, 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 to think about this or I'm, I'm asking you to change this. And guess what we do? Well, I ain't, I ain't, I'm not doing that right now. Maybe next week I'll come back and I'll do it. You know what? I'll go home and I'll do it at home. And what we're doing is we're not receiving God's message with any urgency. We're putting it all in our time and in our space. The second thing that the story of Abraham begins to unravel for us and begins to show us is that when God does speak, he usually doesn't give all the details up front. So if you're wanting all the answers right away, you're not going to get them. Okay? He doesn't usually give all the answers up front. Why? Because he wants you to trust him. More importantly, he wants you to obey him. 
So he tells Abraham, he speaks to Abraham, and he says, go, take with haste. Get up and go with urgency. And he says, you're going to leave your family, you're going to leave your home, you're going to leave everything you're comfortable with, and I'm going to take you where? God didn't say. God said, to a land I will show you once you get there. Now, there are a bunch of us right now, we'd go, "Uh uh-uh, that does not work for me whatsoever. God wants me to go, he better tell me the place. God wants me to go, he better show me what's going to happen when I get there. God wants me to do that, he better answer it financially how that's going to work, how that's going to work for my family, my kids, whatever he's doing, God better show me all those things before I say yes. And yet when God was speaking to Abraham, Abram, he spoke to him with urgency and he spoke with him with very few details. And in verse 4, this is what it tells us about Abraham. So Abram went just as the Lord told him. He was obedient. God spoke. I listened. Guess what he didn't do, okay? He, he, He didn't push it off. And what he did was he avoided delayed obedience and partial obedience. Guess what? We're really good in the church at partial obedience. God, you want me to do that? Okay, I think it works. God, you want me to do this? Yeah, I don't like that. And we like play this balancing game. Guess what we're great at? Delayed obedience. When it works, when I'm ready, when I feel comfortable, then I'll do what you're asking me to do. All the while we sit around going, is God speaking? Does God speak? What does God really want from me in my life? And God's saying, listen, when I speak, no, it's going to need urgency. And when I speak, no, I'm not going to give you all the details up front so that you learn to trust me. But here's what some of you need to comprehend and think about, that when you hear God speak, It often requires being spontaneous for God. When you do hear God speak, it often requires becoming spontaneous for God. Last week we had Pastor Mozart here. Pastor Mozart sharing about Brazil. Pastor Mozart says, some of you need to go to Brazil. And we got up and we said, hey, after the service, for about 15 minutes, we're going to have a missions interest meeting for Genesis Church. 66 people went to that room to find out. We didn't tell you ahead of time. We didn't tell you the beginning of the service. Hey, after the service. We didn't on Facebook or Instagram last week say, hey, when you get to Genesis, you need to know that there's going to be a mission interest meeting. We let God speak through Mozart to your heart. And if God is working on your heart to one day go and you're interested, come now. Some of you are like, why? I was supposed to like go get my donut and coffee. I was supposed to go get breakfast, lunch, whatever it is. You know what? But I stopped. And spontaneously for 15 minutes, I went and sat in that meeting. I don't know if I'm going to Germany. I don't know if I'm going to the Bahamas. I don't know if I'm going to Brazil. I don't know what year, what trip, whatever. But I just know God's starting to work in my life, and I need to respond spontaneously to it. Right? Because that's how God works. He didn't come to Abraham and said, hey, I just want to forewarn you. That I'm going to come back to you, and I'm going to tell you that I'm going to tell you now that my message is going to be I'm going to ask you to leave, and then when you're ready to leave, you let me know, and then we'll work out all the details, 
so that you're comfortable to do what I'm asking you to do. But that's exactly how we live in our faith. That's how we navigate. And then we say God is not there and God is not real and God doesn't talk to us. God doesn't listen to us. When you get to verse 2 of Genesis chapter 12, it unfolds why he was asking Abraham to go. Not all the details of what's going to take place, just the why that some of us want to know. And he said this in verse 2, I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. He said, Abraham, the reason I'm speaking to you is because I'm going to do something through you that's not only going to change you, it's going to change the whole world. What you're not going to know is that on a Sunday in February 2020, there's going to be a couple hundred people sitting in two services in East Orlando that understand a little bit about this faith or have claimed to follow the same God that you're listening to in this moment, but because you're obedient and spontaneous and you're receiving what I've done, it's going to bless them too. God has plans and thoughts far bigger than ours. And when you speak with God and God speaks with you, sometimes he unveils it and sometimes he doesn't. I was in New York about six years ago. I was attending a service at a church called Brooklyn Tab, their Tuesday night prayer service. PJ was there with me, and a guest pastor got up on the stage, and he began to tell a story about how he was at a coffee shop that morning, and he was opening his Bible, and he was praying that God would bless him. And God just wouldn't bless him. God would use him to be a blessing to someone else that day. He said that while he was in line in the coffee shop, he said someone didn't have money to buy their food, but he was busy. He had a meeting coming up, and so he just walked out the door. He said something kept tugging on his heart. He should be helping that person, but he kept telling God, I don't have time. I got to get to my next meeting. He got about two blocks up the street, and he said God just completely convicted him to turn around and go back. God told him, what you asked me to do, I provided for you. And you're about to walk away from it. And so he turned around, he went back. He bought this person their coffee, their biscuit, and then they began to have this conversation. Spontaneously, he had to cancel what was in front of them to spend time with this person. But exactly what he spoke to God about, God was speaking to him, here's your opportunity, and he was ready to miss it. It was a blessing to him and a blessing to that person. And God's telling Abraham, listen, I want you to go with haste and urgency. I'm not going to give you all the details. I just want you to know you'll be blessed and everyone else will be blessed if you do this. And when God speaks to us, that's what he wants you to know. God is speaking so that you know that he wants to bless you and bless others through you. But the third thing is what most commonly happens. When God does speak, more than not, we tune him out. We say we want to hear from God, but we really don't want to listen to God. The spiritual problem many of us have is that many of us have claimed to hear from God, and then we live out actions that are against the will of God and word of God. Many of us claim to have heard from God, let me repeat that, yet we live out actions that are against the will of God and the word of God. Because we've tuned them out. Paul says in the New Testament, he says, don't quench the spirit. 
Some of you think we're crazy to say that the Holy Spirit of God dwells in you and he speaks to you and he convicts you and he guides you and he takes the words of God and he etches them on the tablets of our hearts so that we understand them and we know them and we can live them out. And Paul says there's a way where the Holy Spirit comes into your life and he starts to convict you or he starts to guide you and he starts to challenge you to change this. And every time you go, no, later, not now, I like this way better, eventually you quench it, you stop it. And you can't recognize it. And how dangerous that is for some of us who claim to follow God, but we've quenched the very spirit of God and what he's speaking to us through because we want to do our own thing. And I meet people all the time. They're living against the will of God. They're living against the word of God. And they'll come to us as pastors. PJ, Chad, Will, we can all tell you. And they go, but I heard from God. God wanted me to do this. No, you did not hear from God. You heard from yourself. And you're trying to take God as if he's whipped cream and cherry and put it on top of the Sunday, the life you want to live, the life you want to enjoy, and God's okay with all of it. And if you really heard from God, you wouldn't be doing some of the things that you're doing. Amen. And yet we'll claim he's not real, he doesn't speak, he doesn't guide, and yet we want to do what we want to do more often than what God wants us to do. The fourth thing is this, when God does speak, he continues speaking his message. Over and over again in this, this account in Genesis over the next few chapters, God appears to Abraham and he continues to tell him the why. He tells him in Genesis 15, in Genesis 17, back in Genesis 12, verse 7, then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, to your offspring I will give this land. He continues to confirm this word and this covenant with him. And so it tells us that Abraham built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him there. Abraham's first response is obedience. His next step in obedience is worship. Now here's where everything goes completely sideways for many of us, right? God speaks to us, or God speaks to you. It's your first step to worship him for it. Guess what we do? We don't worship God for speaking to us. We wrestle with God when he speaks to us. Abraham said, listen, this is what God said. I'm going to be obedient, and then I'm going to set up an altar, and I'm going to worship him. God speak to, speaks to us. We go, I don't know if I want to hear it. I don't know if I want to do it. Oh, by the way, I'm going to take some time to wrestle with you about this. Because I think I want to do it my way. And what we are learning in Scripture is that if you really want to hear God speak to you, you have to really evaluate where your heart and your mind are in following God. Because here's the most important thing we learn in Abraham's story. We learn that when God speaks, he's looking for us to position ourselves close to him. If you really want to hear from God, you have to understand that God is wanting you to position yourself as close to him as possible. God often speaks to people who are far from God. But the people that you hear about and you go, why are they always saying God spoke, God told me, I heard God do this. Why are they consistently hearing from God? It's because they have positioned themselves as close to God as they possibly can. God tells Abraham in Genesis chapter 17, he says, I am God Almighty. Let, let's not forget who it is that's speaking to you. 
So when you want to wrestle with me and you want to doubt me and you want to point a finger in my face and you want to say I'm not giving you enough info for you to actually make the decision, when you're not doing it with haste and you're being lazy spiritually about moving when I'm telling you to move or do this or that, he says, I want you to know I'm God Almighty. And then he tells Abraham, live in my presence and be blameless and I'll set up my covenant with you. Guess what most of us do? We live in our world and our space. And God is over there to us. And every once in a while, we decide we need God because we've hit rock bottom or we don't like what's going on or the circumstances around us or what we're up against. And so, God, I need you. So let's talk for a minute. I, I need you to know this is all going on. I need to hear from you. I need you to answer all this stuff for me real quick. I need you just to give me a good word. And then guess what? Once he does it, okay, good. Now I can move on and I'm good to go. And then I'm going to stay over here in my space and in my world. And I'm going to do things my way in the relationships and everything. The finances, my job, my home, my marriages, my dating life. It's all going to be my way. And then when I need you, God, I need to hear from you. And I don't want to be like I was riding a bike wondering if I heard something being yelled to me from a space behind my house. I want to be as close to God as I possibly can. So if God wants to yell, oh, I get it, God. Like, yes, sir. Yet if God wants to whisper, I can hear it. And he tells Abraham, you live in my presence. He didn't say, hey, come back to me next Sunday for an hour. He didn't say, hey, when you wake up in the morning and you check your Facebook and your Instagram and your TikTok and, and all those things and you watch Sports Center and you watch the news and, and you try to, you know, argue through politics with your friend and all that stuff, then, then find some time for me and I'll talk with you. He says, live in my presence so that you can hear me continually because I want to be in a continual conversation with you. We learned uh, the book of James back in the fall. Went through it chapter by chapter. New Testament book of wisdom. James in James chapter 4 verse 8 says, God says, draw close to him and he will draw close to you. Does your heart's desire, if you really want to hear from God, draw you close to him to where you can actually hear from him? There have been many of pastors that have stood on stage and said, I've heard from God. And rightfully, they should say that, right? They should be spending time with God as God is guiding them and directing them and changing them so they can lead the flock that God has given them. Yet there have been many pastors who have used that and abused that. And it's caused distrust, brokenness, confusion, doubt, anger, all these things. Because it's really easy just to say, God spoke. This is what we are to do. It's a little more difficult to make sure that you are living in the presence of God so that you know how he speaks and when he speaks. See, what I've learned is all throughout history, church history, biblical history, we can go through the people in the Bible. You can study people like St. Augustine. Mother Teresa, Spurgeon, Tozer, Moody, all these heroes of the faith. 
you read their stuff and you study their books and you go, man, I don't know how close these people got with God, but they got close to him because what they're sharing with us and telling us, it's life-changing. Here's what I realized. There are thousands of people, thousands of people whose names we'll never find in print, will never write a book, who have been just as close to God and he has spoken and he has guided them and he has directed them for their entire life. Because God wants to do that with everybody. One writer summed it all best when he said this. He said, there is not in the world a kind of life more sweet and delightful than that of a continual conversation with God. There is nothing more delightful or the type of life more sweet than living in one that is in a continual conversation with God. But here's the catch. Those only can comprehend it who practice it and experience it. When you stand around and you go, well, how come they're hearing from God and I'm not? Instead of judging spiritually what could be taking place or questioning God, maybe just look at your heart and say, Am I living in the presence of God to actually hear from him? And when God does speak, am I spiritually lazy? Do I say my time when I feel good enough? Or is there urgency behind it? When he speaks, do I need all the details? Or do I just trust him? When he speaks, do I worship him or do I wrestle with him? When he speaks, am I hearing the same thing over and over again and I just keep blocking it out because I really just don't want to listen to it and obey it even though I know it's God and eventually I'm not going to hear that anymore and I can just move on with my life, my way? You find that out more and more the closer you get. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed, as you leave this space today, God wants to speak with you. For some, it may be profound and it may be earth-shattering, something you didn't expect. For others of you, it may just be a small nudge. I've learned more often than not, the Holy Spirit likes to just nudge me, see if I'm just awake enough to respond. And so maybe before you leave this place today, you need to hear directly from the voice of God with some urgency. And so for just a moment, I invite you to come just kneel at the altar. What you'll say is, nope, not me, not now. Maybe later people will think something's wrong with me. I'm too afraid to do something like that. But God's saying, no, 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 I just want to do business with you right now. Well, he can do it right here in my chair. And God's saying, no, I need to see if you would step out into it. and move and go with a little bit of haste. Let me tell you, I grew up in church. And I remember those times where literally my head would be down behind the pew in front of me and I would grab it with both hands and God would begin to speak to me and my knuckles would become white because I was gripping it so tightly when God was saying, you're coming forward today. We're gonna do some business together before you leave this place and then I'll speak to you after it. And I would wrestle and I would fight with God and I would squeeze the top of that pew till my hands and my forearms started shaking until I couldn't sit there any longer because there's urgency to go hear from God and to do business with God and to listen to God. 
And some of us need that revived in our hearts. We want to hear from God. We want God's purpose for our lives, but we do not want to move when God says move. And we do not want to go when God says go. Well, then you won't be able to hear the voice of God for very long.